Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 542, and today I am excited because I've got my good friend, Mr. Chris Schaefer, back on, and we are going to be talking about some brand building stuff, and it's some things that we've been talking about internally with our team, and uh, we are now just about ready to announce it. Actually, we are going to announce it, and it's a little bit of our own methodology. So, Chris Schaefer, are you there, my friend? I am, man. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, and I'm super excited to dive into this because we've been having a lot of meetings internally about this, and uh, I mean, a lot of our listeners here know that we are really talking a lot about brand building, so super excited about this. What about you? How are you doing? I am. I'm, I'm pumped about this, and I know I might not sound super excited, but this is a really cool topic, right? And it's something, like you said, Scott, that we've been, we've been meeting a lot about, we've been talking a lot about, we've been examining what everybody that we like in terms of brands have been doing and, and trying to uh, backwards engineer it, or I guess the correct term there would be reverse yes, engineer it. Yes, it would. It um, would. <clears throat> Angel will yell at me for that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's one of those things where after sitting down, after having the whole team look at it, we've been able to identify some key things that good brands, great brands are all doing and figure out how everything that we've been talking about really lays into that structure. And I think that's really important for people. And I think it's going to be a really interesting to top topic to dive into. And I think people are going to get a lot back out of it. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, though, right? I want people to understand that this is this is what we've really come up with uh, for our own internal you know, stuff, our, our brands and, you know, things that we're working on or even brands that we're working with. And really, you know, is Amazon a great channel to sell products? Absolutely. 100%. But is that something that you can bank on? Is that something that you can rely on? Not necessarily. Like there's a lot of people, especially, you know, successful brands that are just selling on Amazon that lie awake at night wondering if Amazon is going to, you know, pull the carpet out from under them. And, and that's a scary thing. So, you know, for us, and I know you guys have done a lot of consulting in, in, you know, really successful brands. I've built some successful brands myself in the past, brick and mortar, digital. Um, and it really comes down to building brands that last. And that's kind of what our tagline now is that we came up with that we wanted to know, what are we doing? What are we helping people do? What are we helping people build? Not just a one-off product brand, it's really building brands that last. And we came up with something that we are calling PACE, P-A-C-E, and it's our P-A-C-E method. Um, but we're going to break down those four pillars because we found that our own stuff, you know, brands that we're working on and successful brands that we're not working on, but we've kind of like took, you know, a little bit of a, a closer look at and said, what are they doing that makes them successful and what really builds out a good successful brand and a brand that lasts. And that's what we're calling pace. And so you're going to hear us start talking a lot more about this. So Chris, where do you want to start? You want to start with pillar number one and, and talk about where we came up with the P and what it stands for? Sure. And I think, I think, you know, Scott, the background that you laid out there is great, right? We're, we're talking about things that make brands successful over the long term, And this really helps us identify where we are in our own brands right now. Right. Whether whether you're the we like you and I, Scott, or the royal we. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody yeah. listening yeah. to this episode. And I think that's that's important because as we work our way through these these four really key pillars, it helps to understand where you are in your business, because that lays out the roadmap for you for where you need to go and where you need to grow. Right. Right. And all of these kind of work together 
but we need to start at the beginning and the beginning is what we're calling preparation or the foundation, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, we have to prepare ourselves and that means having a good market selected, right? We need to understand our big why. And that's something that you, you've talked about on the back end before we can do anything else, right? The the preparation pillar is really all about laying the foundation and and starting, right? Having a thing (laughs) that we can start to sell. And that means picking a good market, picking a good product and having a little bit of a plan. Do you want to dive a little bit more into that? Yeah. And, you know, when we were kind of going through this, I'm like, all right, like what are the components? Like what are the things that make a good brand or a brand that will last? Right. And what are things that you could look at in your own business right now and say, okay, like this is what I have that is good. And this is what I could work on. Or what do I come back to and work on? And really the preparation, the foundation, you can't do anything until we prepare, right? Like if you're building a brand from scratch, you need to prepare a good foundation. All right. And in that foundation comes a good market. Like if you don't have a good market that is buying products, right, then you can't really sell products that well. Right. So I think the other thing in that, and I don't want to, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm absolutely going to. That's Uh, okay. (laughs) The the other thing in a good market means that it's a market that's going to be here in one, three years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And that, you know, you have to, you have to be able to kind of forward project that. Is it going to be the ADD toy market, right? The Mm -hmm. fidget spinner market, or is it fishing? Fishing is still going to be around in five years. Right. 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 There's always going to be people buying fishing stuff. There might not be quite as many, but the people who are buying it are still going to be just as passionate about it. Right. So is this market going to be here in one year, three year, five years? That is part of picking a good market. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it does. And I think one way of even seeing that, we've talked about this before in our you know, product discovery boot camp, and we've talked about in even some of the other trainings that we've done, our, you know, our workshops and stuff, is really using Google Trends, right? right? Like put in your market, all right? If it's, uh, if it's kayak bass fishing, uh, go ahead and put that in Google Trends and see where it's been in the past and then see where it's going. And then you can get a good idea. The other thing is that we've talked about is going out there and see if there's Facebook groups that are formed or if there are, you know, uh, maybe Instagram pages that are being built and, you know, what kind of interaction is happening and how long have they been around and those types of things. That's what we're doing to find that good market. But, you know, once we find a good market that will be here in three, five, ten years, something that we can build and that we know is going to be here for the long haul Well, then we start asking ourselves, what are some good products that, you know, this, this market needs and that will be also around for three, five, you know, years from now, right? So it doesn't necessarily start with the products. It starts with the market, right? Or the niche or the niche, depending on where you're coming from. But, uh, you know what I mean? So like, that's like the first thing, like, even if you have a brand right now and it's doing okay, ask yourself. Is your market going to be here today in in six months, a year, three years, five? Like do that projection and see. And if not, you might just have to slightly pivot. It doesn't mean that your market's not good. Maybe just that sub market is going to be not as good. And then you can pivot into a market that's going to be here a little bit longer, right? So to me, it's all about market and then it's good products. If you don't have good products, then it doesn't matter, right? If you don't have a good product, no one's going to be there to buy it. Right. And if you have a if you have a crappy product and you're serving it to a good market, you're going to know that it's a bad product very quickly on social because because they'll tell you they will. They will tell you very quickly. Um, So just again, in the in the preparation, in the foundation pillar here, to me, it starts with the market, the products. Right. But really, 
and I think we talked a lot about this inside of our meetings was really like figuring out that why, like why, number one, why do you want to create the business? But also why do you want to go into this market? Right? Like, why is this something that you feel that you'll be able to build and grow? Right. Uh, it was funny, Chris. I had uh, a friend of mine um, recently, and I posted this on my Instagram story. And it's funny, he watched it after the fact, but he was a longtime friend. I, you know, did uh, coaching with him, baseball, my son, who's 20 now, but we did Little League all together and everything. And I haven't talked to him in probably four or five years now. And he contacted me through, uh, you know, through uh, Instagram. And he asked me, he's like, you know, hey, what's the secret? to, you know, basically living, you know, like your type of lifestyle, you know, cause he's seen me kind of build businesses and stuff. And, you know, I said to him, I said, listen, like there's no secret. The secret really is, is being willing to go out there and find a market that you're interested in or that you know that you can go out there and keep pushing, even if the times are not good, right? Like it's, it's the right mindset, but also what is your skill set? What are you good at that you feel that you can get behind and build? Because if you're just doing it like a one-off product or even just two products, because you think that it has good sales, you'll probably run out of steam. If the, if the sales aren't there immediately, does that make sense, Chris? Like, like you don't have enough drive or the why isn't there or the passion isn't there. And I don't think you have to have like a strong passion, but you got to have either a skill set or something that you know that you can use in that business to help you grow the business and that you're slightly interested in because it'll make it more interesting. You know? And I think, I think for the long term, and this is why Scott, we were talking about, you know, is this going to be around in one year, three years, five years, 10 years, right? The money motivation of that. Oh yeah burns out much more quickly than the passion motivation. Absolutely. But it's not to say that one is necessarily inherently better or worse than the other. Mm. Right. But you need to know what your motivation is up front. If your motivation is just money up front, then you're going to build the business differently than you would if it's to spend more time with your family. Right. 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 And or or because you're just passionate about the space, the things that you do in the other three pillars, the other three stages that we're going to talk about are going to be very different. Mm. And so you need to understand what your motivation is up front. And and part of that, Scott, also is understanding what assets and and strengths that you have. And you said that a minute ago, but also what weaknesses you have. Mm -hmm. What don't you know? Mm. Right. And as we move into the other three pillars. Yeah. You need to know what you don't know. And it's funny. There's a saying in Silicon Valley and. If, if Angel listens to this, she's going to laugh. Um, you, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And th- it always gets thrown out in tech company meetings. You don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So let's just assume that it's possible. Yeah. Right. Well, to run a real business, we have to know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah. have to at yeah, least yeah. have an understanding of what we don't know. It's not to say that you have to become a master in all of those areas. But if you do not understand email list building, you either need to figure it out or hire somebody who does. Right. 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 And so we have to kind of inventory our strengths and our assets and understanding where we're going to take the brand. Really, all of that is the foundation. That's step one. Mm-hmm. We have to pick a good market. We have to pick good products in that market. And we have to understand who we are and where we want to go before we can do anything else, before we can start to scale anything or try anything other than making a little bit of money by selling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Here's the thing. Like if I go back and retrace some of my steps, right? Anything that I've done in the past, and I'll use the photography, you know, as a, as an example, like my wife was interested in photography. I wasn't at the time. Like I didn't like, I didn't really think about it. I wasn't like into it, but she was. 
So we took that and started a part-time business and we were semi-passionate about it. She was, and I was passionate about like figuring out how to get out of my job, right? So we both had like different motivators, but I knew that that was going to be something that she was going to stay excited about whether the money came or not, right? And because of that, it was it was like able to really allow us to keep motivated even when we were slowly building the business, right? Because she was going to do it regardless. And I look at a lot of people that don't realize the, the strengths that they have or people around them that have that there's opportunities right there staring you in the face. And all you really need to do is identify it. And then from there, you need to act on it and then slowly start to build that and understand that there is a process in this thing, right? And that's why Product Discovery Bootcamp, I'll give a little selfless plug here, uh, or shameless, I should say, uh, because, you know, like, that's exactly what we do. It's like figuring out something that you could discover, okay? And usually products are leading to markets, so that's kind of how we start. But once you identify that thing, it's going to allow you to be able to build something even when it might be slow in the beginning, right? And it's, I mean, the big why for me inside of like the preparation, the foundation is really two, there's two different ones. There's one, why do you wanna like, why do you want to create your own lifestyle or why do you want to get out of your current job? Like those are some things you need to, you need to figure out, but you also need to figure out why do you want to create this brand in this market, right? Like what is, are you a, an avid like kayak bass fisherman? If you are, that's why, right? Because you have a passion for it and it's going to come easy for you to do this stuff. Um, and so you have to identify that. I think that there's two things there that you do have to identify inside of pillar number one. So I think that's really important. Any additional thoughts on that before we move on, Chris? I think, I think Scott, it might help to give an example of oh, yeah. somebody's big why of, of building their brand. And I mean, the, the one that comes to mind just offhand is Bulletproof. And you and I have talked about this in the yeah. past. And the Bulletproof executive, Dave yeah. Asbury, you guys may have or may not have heard about it. If you're an avid podcast listener, he pops up all kinds of places, right? And his whole thing is trying to figure out how to be as healthy and live as long as possible while not being miserable, right? Like that's <laughs> really what he was. And he was fat, he was overweight, and he figured out some of these different things that really helped him, and he's sharing that with his community of people, right? But his real purpose is to help make people less miserable. Yeah. That's why he's doing all of the things that he's doing. He wants everybody that follows his stuff, his mission, the goal, the entire reason he's building that brand is so that no one has to go through what he went through. Right. So that they can shortcut all of the stuff that he didn't get to shortcut through. Right. Right. And he does that by selling some supplements and some some fat water and some of these kinds of things. Right. And talking about how adding butter and oil to coffee actually increases the performance of it and all of these things. Right. And it's all, you know, it's all around helping people shortcut the issues that he went through and helping them live a better life. Mm. He could easily just go consult or do something else, but that doesn't achieve his end goal. So you need to know what that is before you can move forward, mm. right? If his end goal was to go be a lecturer, he could go do that. He could go talk at Harvard and Yale and all of these places and get paid really well to do it. He's, you know, he's spoken at some Tony Robbins events on health. He could go get paid big bucks to do that. But his real motivation is to help as many individuals as possible change their lives. Right. And so the way that he's doing that is through products rather than through speaking or selling info products or any of those kinds of things, right? And so if we can figure out what our real mission is, that sets the direction for everything else that we do moving forward. Right. And, you know, like even using that as an example, like it started with his own thing, right? His own like 
problem. And then, then he was, you know, trying to, you know, overcome. And then as he was doing this research, as he was figuring things out, he's sharing it. And then now he has this, you know, crazy brand that's doing awesome. Right. And so many people know of Bulletproof, right? Because it was something that he was passionate about and he, you know, he, and he went and he figured it out and then he shared it. And now he's wanting to take that and share it with the world. Now it doesn't have to be that big. Like, I don't want people to be sitting here thinking like, well, I sell a garlic press. How am I going to create this, you know, this, uh, you know, this big mission statement. You don't have to do that, but you have to understand, like, maybe you're going after like, uh, you know, like, a you know, all of the chefs out there that are frustrated because of the tools that they get are just not great and they make their job harder, right? Like maybe that's what it is, right? But you have to figure out there's got to be something in your market that you can use as your story or your why. And then you want to actually start to use that in your email marketing when we get into that stuff and, and like your storytelling and all of that. Like that there will connect you to your audience a lot more than not having that. And as we move forward here in, you know, pace, as we're calling it, you know, these four pillars, it, it's, it's things that you're going to be able to do that your competition is not doing. And then when people go from Amazon, because let's say, yes, Chris, they are buying on Amazon, but we all know generally what people are going to do is they're going to then jump off Amazon for a minute. They're going to go over and check out your brand. They're going to learn a little bit more about your brand. Then they're going to come back to Amazon and maybe purchase, even if they don't purchase on your site. So by having that there, that still can take a conversion and make it happen on Amazon when it, when it wouldn't have uh, in the past. So just I want people to understand that 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 story, that reasoning doesn't have to be as big as Chris just described, but it, I can almost guarantee that everyone can have a story, especially if you have, you know, everything kind of like figured out as far as like why you're doing what you're doing. So I think we've talked about that one enough. We will yeah, probably think, do a full think, episode Scott, on that, that one. That really leads well into pillar number two, right? Because if we understand what the mission is, right, that really helps us start to to work our way into pillar number two, which is attention, right? getting attention, moving beyond just the initial, you know, let's get up and sell on Amazon where the people are there buying it. The next step in really scaling this and making this thing bigger and building this out as a brand that's going to last is getting attention from people who aren't actively looking for the solution. Mm. Right. And this is something you and I have been talking really a lot about. And this is where everything like social media and building a website and all these like really big, scary things uh, that really aren't that scary once you've done them once right, uh, right. start to come in. Right. So what what did you want to dive into regarding getting attention and how that starts to to scale people up? OK, before we jump into pillar number two, which is attention, uh, which is the A in pace, um, is I just want to go back to pillar one just for one second. The other thing, there's another thing in there that we want to be able to do. Um, Chris, can you hear that when I'm doing that? I'm, I'm like yeah. tapping my hands. I shouldn't be doing that, but I'm so like animated here. I can't do it. If I put my hands in my pocket, I don't, I don't talk the same. So, um, I'm sorry if anybody can hear that clapping noise. Um, <laughs> so the last thing I just wanted to mention here is we also want to develop and create a roadmap, a plan, right? We want to put something in place so then we can say, okay, we found the market. We found a few products. We have our, our why figured out. And now we have to figure out what is the roadmap? What is the plan? And then that will take us into pillar two, three, and four. And then we can always come back to pillar number one after we've kind of gotten all the pillars kind of like established and they're running. Now we can start to identify different parts of our business 
um, and start to improve upon them. Um, so I just wanted, wanted to kind of close off pillar number one. But like when we figure out the market, the products, our why, then we have to we have to create a plan, right? We have to create that roadmap. And then that does lead us into pillar number two, which is attention. And Chris, like you just said, it's identifying the market. And by knowing your market, right, we're going to be able to identify the market a lot better. And we will do future episodes, which will break down like each one of these a little bit deeper so we can kind of drill in and, and, and really give you an action plan to move forward. But right now, I want you to understand like the overview of what this means. All right. So identifying your your market so you can get the attention. If we can't get the attention of our market, they're never going to see us. They're not going to notice us. We don't have eyeballs, right? We need eyeballs on our brand in order for them to even be able to buy from us. But before we even have them buy from us, we want to do some different things, which we're going to move into, into pillar number three once we do that, where we're going to be able to actually start to connect with those people. But with pillar number two, attention, we want to identify where they are. We want to locate them. And then once we identify where they are and locate them and all that, right, we got to attract them. And what I mean by that is we got to get them to raise their hand. How do we get them to raise their hand to say, hey, over here, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in kayak bass fishing. Yeah, I totally am. And we've talked about this in our list building workshop where we, you know, we, we call them lead magnets. I did an episode recently on, uh, you know, five different lead magnets, magnets that you can use. And it's basically just something that gets their attention, that attracts the right people. We don't want to send out a flyer to everyone in a certain zip code and just take a shot that they're going to be interested in what we have. We would rather put something out there on the internet, preferably, and have them raise their hand. And then we're just speaking to the people that we know are the ones that are interested in our market because we've put something out there that attracted that, that person. I mean, it's so much easier to eventually sell if we're able to identify the right people in our market. So attention is a big one, right? Like we, we need the attention in order for those people to be aware of our brand. Right. And then obviously there's tools that come in there is how to make that all happen. But don't worry about that right now. Right now, we just need to worry about attention. And I think once you identify the market, then you need to locate the market. Then we can talk about what they need and what they want that will allow them to raise their hand. Um, what, did, what did you want to add to that, Chris? So I think I think the big thing that a lot of people get caught up on, Scott, is the the tactical implementation of this. But Quite honestly, if you nail the the strategic stuff, which is what you were just talking about, the tactical impl implementation is easy, right? Mm -hmm. If I know who my audience is, what they need, what they want, what they desire, who that avatar is, right? That customer avatar, quote unquote. Um, what you know? What does Joe the fisherman actually want? How does he speak? That makes it really easy for me to then go. Well, he's not on Pinterest. Right. Right. He's on Facebook. Right. And I know that because he's in this demographic and he, you know, I was able to find a whole bunch of groups there. That lets me narrow down the tactical implementation stuff to just figuring out Facebook instead of trying to figure out Facebook and, and Pinterest and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and all of these other yeah. things that I might have to master. Maybe I just have to figure out how to run a Facebook ad. And I start with just targeting, uh, you know, guys. 46 to 64, I'm just, I'm making this up, guys, mm -hmm. uh, that, <laughs> that love fishing and own a boat, yeah. right? Or something like that. And if we're able to identify them, it makes the location attraction and then the tactical stuff, right? Mm -hmm. How do I speak to them? How do I, what, what words do I use? What's the vernacular, right? Um, that stuff becomes a lot easier. And I think there's a, a good episode, Scott, and I want to say it's like 423. Okay. And I think it's, uh, it, it was you and Joel 
and it was like the five questions you must ask uh, to find your audience, right? And and to get people who are going to knock down your door and buy everything that you have. That's and I think great, that's, that, that, was a, that was a great memory, by the way. I just punched that in and you're exactly right. Yes, it's the five boom. questions you must ask to find an audience that will knock down your door to buy everything you sell. Exactly. That's my, uh, that's my one nugget for the day. Yeah, um, it was good. And I, I think that's really important and it's something that everybody should go back and listen to if they haven't already. And if you guys already have some products up and you're established and you're really trying to figure out how to get attention, that might be a good place to start for you. Um, and we'll, we'll dive into more of, of this stuff here in future episodes, but that's one that you can go listen to right now. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and kind of get your ears around. Absolutely. Um, I would also recommend uh, our workshop for uh, building a list because mm-hmm. we do go into the attention. We talk about communicating a little bit, but we talk really about like, and also, you know, like how things get put together. What are the building blocks of putting something together? Um, but I would definitely go through that free training, um, theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. And we'll link it up in the show notes as well, which this episode show notes, I should have already said that is theamazingseller.com forward slash 545. So all the show notes, the links will be, will be dropped in there. Um, so you guys can go back and check this stuff out because again I want you guys to understand that what we're doing okay and again you guys are willing to come along right you guys are willing to jump in and kind of get behind you know this uh I, I guess you can say this this movement if you will of us really going out there and helping people build brands that last like that's what we want right that's what we know will be here today and be here tomorrow I don't want to put a lot of energy into something that's going to work for three months right? It's just not worth it for me, right? And it's it's really not that exciting for me because I want to build something and help people build something that will be here and that will last, you know, through, you know, decades, you know, and also teaching you the skill sets that I feel you could plug into any business now or in five years from now. There's things right now that I've learned. Chris, there's things that you've learned right now just from doing things in, in you know, previous, you know, businesses, that have worked that still work now. I mean, we're talking about list building. I did that like eight, nine years ago, right? Doing the same darn thing and it still works, right? Um, there's things have changed, tools have changed, all that stuff. But I want you guys to really wrap your heads around doing this and building something that will be here today, but also be here tomorrow. So building brands that last, that is what we are going for. So Chris, is there anything else you want to add on pillar number two for the attention pillar? So again, we went through pillar number one is preparation foundation. Okay. And then number uh, two is attention. Number C, Chris, Number C. Our number C. (laughs) Um, Pillar number three, C. Starts with a C, so that's (laughs) fine. Uh, The the last thing on pillar two, Scott, just to go back really fast. And this is kind of where you and I have talked the most most recently, right? This is where you're going to be building your list. Yeah. Right? Whether that's an email list, a messenger list, your Facebook following, whatever that is, whatever that medium is that you're going to use to communicate, that's kind of where that starts to happen. Right. So we need to understand who they are, where they are and how we talk to them in that stage. But it's not necessarily enough to do that if we want to have a long term brand. And that's something you and I get emails about all the time is like, oh, well, I built this launch list and I sent them one email. Right. Right. That's great. But what you need to do to continue to grow that brand is what we're going to talk about in, in pillar three. Yeah. So pillar number three, or should I say, um, what is number three, Chris? Is cultivation. Yes. 
cultivation. So number number C. No, that's uh, pillar C. three. <laughs> pillar three. Numero C. Yes, C. Uh, yes, that is the cultivation. So why don't you dig into that a little bit? So this is this is the stage or the pillar, right? Because all of these are kind of interchangeable in in when we see people doing them. Sure. Um, I would prefer to go from one to four, but that doesn't always happen in business, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're going to be truly creating a connection mm. with that audience, right? Where we're planting all of those seeds and then we're cultivating them into big blossoming plants that love our brand, <laughs> right? That's really what we're doing. And this is where we're creating individual connections with people. And we do that through communication, right? Through storytelling, through mm-hmm. personality, through a shared mission, I think is a really important one, right? And again, going back to like the Bulletproof example, right? If you want to be healthier, that's a shared mission that you have with Dave, right? And that creates an instant connection and it helps to cultivate that relationship between you and the brand and you and Dave personally, just because he happens to be the face of that brand, right? This is where like the teaching and educating and and really like having a blog, right? All of those kind of things really start to come in, but also understanding where your audience starts and where you need to take them, like a, a little bit of an audience journey, really nailing the lingo, right? And understanding all of the terms that they use and and exactly how they speak and then getting feedback from your audience is a part of this as well. Because when they feel like they're involved in the process, they create a much bigger, stronger bond with your brand. Does that make sense? It it does. And I want to give a real example here. I mean, okay, this, this, this podcast, okay. You know, I started this thing just myself and a few listeners, right? And basically people are coming along on the journey. And I'm attracting the right people and kind of like repelling some of the ones that wouldn't necessarily be a good fit, right? So just think about that for a second, right? Like right now I'm talking about like, hey, and I actually I said this probably, I don't know, 20 episodes ago where, you know, I'm going to do a little bit of a pivot, right? It's not going to be just focused on Amazon. When I started the podcast, it was talking a lot about just Amazon because that's kind of what I was testing and what I was playing in as far as the sandbox, right? Like I was, I was doing that, but then I'm like, wait a minute here. Like there's a lot more to this than just selling products on Amazon. And I think people should know that. Now, if you want to just go out there and find the next hack for Amazon or the next tactic or, you know, any of that stuff, then I'm probably not going to be the right guy for you or, you know, TAS isn't going to be the right fit for you. But now by us talking about like we're moving in this building brands, right, that last, you know, direction, some of you are going to say, awesome, I want to come come along with the, you know, with you on this journey. And then some might be saying, no, I just want to go focus on just dominating Amazon and just build my whole business there. And that's fine. But that's not going to be 100% who I'm attracting, right? So just just think about that for a second. This this communication, using the podcast, using email, you know, if you read any of the emails that I send, if you listen to the podcast, which you are right now, if you listen to any YouTube or watch any YouTube, like any of that stuff, you're hearing more of this and you're hearing me share examples and, and you know, in our new mastermind uh, right now that we have our TIS inner circle, you're hearing about us working with brands that are building brands and what we're suggesting and what we're advising. Like I'm taking you along the journey and then as we're doing this, we're building it together. So we're building a community together and you can't really get focused on the numbers because a lot of times people are like, well, I don't have thousands. You don't need thousands. You need a few hundred maybe, and you can build a really successful brand because those people will promote your brand for you and then you will reach thousands. So I just kind of wanted to share that, Chris, because I think it's important for people to think about like how you take the attention 
And then how you cultivate or do the cultivation is where you're connecting with the people, you're teaching and educating, and then you can sell, right? And when you sell, it's not really selling. It's just saying like, hey, some additional resources are over here to help you. If you want them, here they are. If not, here's some free stuff. And it's kind of like you're helping someone before you're asking for the sale, um, but you're still helping them. You're not holding anything back. Um, so I just wanted to share that because I think it's important for people to understand a real example in this podcast, you know, and the amazing seller is exactly that, you know, the amazing seller is, is creating you, uh, as a great business, but helping you create your own self as the amazing seller, uh, in, in all aspects of your life. So anyway, just want to share that a little bit of a side note. I, I think you touched on something important. People get hung up on the numbers there, right? I need to have, you know, Scott and Chris, you have 28,000 people on your email list right? That's why your new brand is successful. Well, here's the deal. Not all 28,000 of those people are our ideal customer. They're not all the perfect person for us, but a hundred of them share everything that we put out mm -hmm. and that multiplies everything that we do, right? It's the multiplier of finding 50, a hundred or a thousand true fans, yep. right? And I think, I, I think if people haven't ever read that article or seen an explanation of a thousand true fans, that they should go take a look at that. It's uh, Kevin Kelly, I believe. And yeah, we'll link it it's up. Almost, it's almost 10 years old at this point. Yeah, it's been uh, revised, I think, a little bit. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's 100%. But really, really, right, to be to be successful in business, the whole point of the article, I'll give you guys the gist, but it's worth reading through, um, is that if you find a 1,000 true fans, right, your business will be successful. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, we need this third pillar. We need to create this, this connection through cultivating those relationships, right? Just like you would one-on-one. -on -one. Now we have to try to do that at scale, but that means being a human being, right? And, and we talk about this in, in some places like the list building workshop, right? The ways that we do this are by sharing stories, not by sending Best Buy style emails. Mm -mm. Our emails that we send in our brands are very personal, right? We have inside jokes with our audience. We have all of these things. We share what happened this week. And, and Scott, you know, I'm going to throw you under the bus here. You do the same thing, not throw you under the bus, but use you as an example. You do the same thing in your weekly email, mm -hmm. right? You find something that was going on in your life and you talk about it and then you link it back to a lesson that it taught you on business. Yep. And that creates cultivation and connection with the audience. Whether you are doing it intentionally or not is completely irrelevant, right? But if we do it intentionally, it makes everything we do a lot easier easier and quite frankly, a lot better and a lot more real yeah. because it lets us create true connection with yeah. those fans. Yeah, it, and it, it might not be with all 28,000, right? You might get some hate mail oh, yeah. if you, uh, if you misplace a location. <laughs> um, yes, that's a or, true story. Or if you misplace a comma in some cases, that's right? True I mean, story we've gotten, too. we've gotten some hate mail yeah. in the new brand because I didn't, uh, I didn't, or I added what they thought was an extra comma and then you know, it really isn't because the Oxford comma should be there and it exists for a reason, but that's a completely different conversation. <laughs> uh, and, you know, so it's like, okay, well, I'll just go ahead and unsubscribe you because you're clearly, like, you clearly missed the intent of the email yeah. if you're hung up on the fact that I used a serialized comma. Right. Like, you're probably not for me. But the other 500 responses that we got to that email were all positive. Would would right? that, per here's the question, would that person be at your backyard par uh, barbecue? Probably, probably not. not. So they don't belong there. Right. Like that, that's, that's always what I think about and on anything that I'm working on. Like generally I want 
not not generally, always, I want to connect with people that I would want to sit down and and you know have coffee with or have a you know a beer with whatever. Like that is that's who I'm searching for and that's who I want to speak with. And when people are critiquing, like if again, if my English teacher seen some of the the ways that I write, it's not at all the way that you should so. write. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, and if I thought about that stuff, I would never speak. I would never have made this podcast. I wouldn't have, you know, helped, you know, change people's lives. You know, it just wouldn't happen. Right. Because I would be thinking too much. I wouldn't push, you know, I wouldn't push out emails or, you know, send emails. I wouldn't push out content. I wouldn't do it. Right. And, you know, you're always going to get that stuff and that's okay, but you have to be willing to take it. Um, You know, so what I did want to say though, Chris, is like, when when uh, when I'm thinking about like doing this stuff, like in anything that I'm doing, right? And in the beginning, it was hard because I was kind of always a little stiff. You know, I didn't know. I was afraid that I was going to send the wrong, you know, email, or I was going to get that, you know, that email back saying like you screwed up. You know, you're an idiot. You know, I was always afraid of that stuff. Once I I removed that and and I gave myself permission to just be myself and know that there's a lot of people that are like me that would you know make you know errors or you know mistakes that's fine but even on my emails that I read on Friday like I don't really think about how I'm going to tie things together anymore it just kind of flows because I've done it so much but the one thing I always try to start with is a story I try to start with the story how is there a story that I mean all of us have stories Every week, I'll give you one right now that just happened yesterday really quickly, and I could tie it into if I was selling kayak bass fishing stuff. I have a pond in my backyard, a pretty good-sized pond, and people come and they bring these little John boats, and they it's a two-man boat, and they there's no motors allowed in that pond. It's right on the golf course, and they basically dump their boats in there, and then they go out fishing. They go around the edge. Well, yesterday, there was a kayak in there bass fishing as I was barbecuing. And I pointed it out to my father who's here visiting. And I said, look, there's a kayak bass fishing. We talk about that stuff all the time, right? So I could share that story and say, hey, you know, uh, you know, yesterday I was barbecuing with the family. My father was visiting from, you know, Florida, yada, 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 go, go through the whole thing and be like, and then I was looking out at my pond and there's a guy out there kayak bass fishing. It made me want to kayak bass fish, you know, and I couldn't because, you know, I had family over whatever, but man, oh man, I really can't wait to go try my, you know, new rod or whatever, right? Like I could have tied that into a story in my kayak bass fishing brand. So easily I could have talked about if I was that guy that actually dropped the boat in there and did some fishing I could have given my my example or my uh, my experience of what happened that night. Did I catch any fish? Why didn't I catch fish? What new lures did I try? I could have did that stuff It would have been so easy to then wrap it into a piece of content that could push, you know sales So anyway, that was just something that happened to me just the other night So Scott, what if you're not the face of the brand? Can you still do this? Absolutely you know, you can you can write if you want and not be the face. You can just be you can actually be a face but not be on camera. Or you can find someone else that is that kayak bass fishing you know person. I mean, the guy that dropped his boat in, I see his truck parked. He's got a big giant largemouth bass in the back of his truck. Do you think he likes to bass fish? You know, it's like that's his thing. Um, so find someone else that is. Um, I've talked about this before. Go out there and, and be you know offer to pay them you know to to sit down and pick their brain for an hour. Right. Do you think that someone that is they're working their job, maybe they're comfortable, but you throw them a hundred bucks to sit down and record some videos or, or or get some content or record some audio and have it transcribed into content? Like there's so many different things that you could do, you know. So. All right. So this is the cultivation part. And I know we can go a whole hour on this stuff, which we probably will. Um, but let's just kind of like wrap up 
this pillar because I see any brand that is successful in my eyes that's here for the long haul is really doing the cultivation right, like connecting, teaching, educating, and then selling and getting the feedback, building that community, you know, those, you know, a thousand true fans, all of that. I see that in, in most of the brands. Now, are there brands like Walmart or that's not the same to me. We're talking about like smaller brands and a smaller brand could be a million dollar brand. Um, but I'm just saying like, we're not like this, this, you know, big, you know, Best Buy. You know, we're talking about a brand that could have all of these different components and then you don't have to com really compete because you're being sold or your products are being sold through you or your brand or your mission or, you know, the the overall brand itself. I think I think that's a really important uh, point and I don't want to gloss. I know we <laughs> I want to wrap this up for everybody so that we're not on talking to them for hours. But, you know, when you look at something like best brand. Best brand. Best, best brand. Uh, <laughs> That's a new one. You know, I, I'm sure there are a handful of people who say, I will only ever buy my televisions from Best Buy. Mm -hmm. But there's not many. Right. Right. If they're going to get a better deal, deal at Sears, at H.H. Gregg, at Fry's, they're going to go to Fry's and get it. Right. What we want to do over the long term is not have to compete on price. We don't want to have to play that game. We want to compete on value and the way that we compete on value and the way that we become the go to brand for X, Y, or Z is by creating connection and telling stories and being consistent with what we teach and how we educate. Mm, I love it. Okay. Let's move on. Pillar number four is E and that is expansion. All right. That is where we want to expand. We want to scale and all of that stuff. All right. So let's, uh, let's dive in here. So, uh, you know, where do you want to start on this one, Chris? I mean, we can go in a whole bunch of different directions, but we kind of have a list of what we want to talk about, but what does expansion mean? So expansion really is any area of your business that we're trying to grow, right? So this is a little bit of diversification in terms of channels. And you guys have heard us talk in, in the past about not being channel reliant, right? We don't want to ever be reliant just on our own website or just on Amazon or just on, one thing, right? Because if one thing goes away, then so does our business. Mm -hmm. So this is really about creating the long-term stability in terms of sales for one, but the other one would be, you know, scaling out our product lines, mm -hmm. right? Let's scale those up, find some products that are, you know, not necessarily those core three to five that we started with, but that make sense with the brand. The other side of expansion for me, Scott, is also like the productivity side of this, right? So not only in this pillar are we diversifying our products and our sales methods, but we're doing some automation and building our team and trying to find leverage and all of these things that we need to do in order to expand everything that we're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, some people think of like productivity is like, you know, you know, getting up in the morning and doing the right things. And that is, but we're talking about like, how do you streamline your business when you, once you get to a certain level and, and every hour you can shave right off and that helps build your brand is more time for you, right? In, and you're not working in the brand so much. You're working on the brand, but not in the brand. Um, and that's really what we're talking about at that, at that stage. And what I want people to understand is like, Let's say, for example, you have pillar one, two, and three kind of going, right? And it's it's working. Well, then you move on to pillar number four, which is the expansion. You go, okay, how can I leverage this, right? Or how can I add more revenue to the to the business? Well, you'd add a new product, right? Well, by adding a new product, that's also going to then create 
probably a little bit more work because now you have to order more or your inventory management is going to come into place, right? So that's where we kind of get into that stuff as far as expansion goes. We want to expand the product line because obviously that's going to bring in more revenue. But as we bring in more revenue and as we build a brand, we are going to have to start thinking about automation or hiring you know, a team member and that type of stuff. So that's really what we want to do in the expansion uh, you know, pillar. And what I love about using this, this you know, methodology, if you will, pace, is really about taking these four pillars and you can write them down and you can list them out. And no matter where you are in your business, you can pick one of these and probably work on, on one of these. And you can probably see which one is the one that you should work on first that will move the needle, right? And you can go right back to pillar one. If you're in, if you're doing pretty well and you've got a good foundation, you can still probably refine your why maybe and maybe craft a little bit of a better story. Or maybe you need to take your roadmap and adjust it a little bit. Or maybe you need to look at your products and if they're not, if they're not, you know, good, you got to make them better, right? Um, your market, you may need to look at your market and go, you know what? Maybe I got to niche down a little bit because I'm a little too broad right now, and eventually I will go that way. And then you do that, right? Uh, or maybe you're in pillar number two and you're like, okay, I'm on the attention side of things. I kind of got that going, but I wanted to move into the next pillar. Now you go back there and you start to really narrow down that, you know. That, that target audience that you're going after or refining that, or maybe you've discovered now that it's really, that wasn't the market that you thought it was. Maybe there's, you know, you're building your avatar, your, your ideal person in that market. And really you were thinking they were a 50 year old male and it's really, you know, a 30 to a 40 year old male. Well, now we got to adjust that a little bit as far as like what, what's going to attract them or how to communicate with them in, in the pillar number three. So I just think that every one of these is really important. You don't have to perfect them but you do need to look at your business, break it down into these four pillars and see where you can make these adjustments and, and really start to, to turn the dial in your business. That's what I see, Chris, here as far as like, you know, using our pace methodology. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because you and I or anybody could really lay this over any business that they're taking a look at, whether it's theirs or somebody else's and say, oh, I see, you know, I see why your revenue isn't growing, mm -hmm. right? We have good products. We have a good market. We're not getting enough attention. Or, dude, we have 800,000 emails, <laughs> right? Um, what are we doing with them? Mm -hmm. Well, we're not creating a connection. We're not telling a story. We're not being consistent with how we educate. Okay, well, let's do that. Or, hey, we're on Amazon. You know, we're, we're ranking number one for everything. So our, our preparation, our foundation there is set. Now, you know, and we have 800,000 emails. Let's just use that number again, right? We're creating a good connection. Well, now we need to expand. We need to build sales funnels and we need to do all of these kinds of things. Or maybe we just need to free up some of your time by hiring somebody to manage the product ordering because you're spending nine hours a week doing that, right? Once you have all four of these kind of in place and you understand where you are in your business, it makes it really easy to go back and tweak the dials to increase the numbers that you want to see increased based on your, your one, three, five, 50 year roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think building out that roadmap or the plan you know, the action plan, if you will, is, is really important, but understand too, that that can be adjusted, right? Like you don't have, and will to, be, and it will be, but you do need to have that roadmap. You do need to have something that, and you probably want to continue to refine it, but then also put another maybe 90 day sprint in there, right? Like, what are you going to work on that for the next 90 days in one of these pillars or maybe parts of, of each of these pillars or whatever it is that you can put a plan in place and then execute and, and head down only focus on that to me 
will will move and drive your business. Um, and uh, you know, you and I and and you know the rest of the team, you know, we talked about like you know a cool little like saying or something, and uh, and we had some fun with this. But it's kind of like you know the way that I look at it is like, is your business on pace? <laughs> kind of cheesy, but it's kind of cool, right? Is your business on pace to be successful? And I like it because, you know, when we were kind of coming up with like these four pillars, you know, it really started to make sense. And we spent hours really going through, we started with like five pillars. We're like, well, it really doesn't need five pillars, right? Right. Expansion is, is kind of like, it's its own, but there's a couple of components in there that could probably be in the expansion. So let's just make it simple. Like you said, Chris, you could you could overlay this on pretty much any business and then you can look at each one of these pillars and you can kind of see, you know, like what they've done and what they can do to improve it. And I love it. So we're going to go with it. So building brands that last is uh, is really our motto. That's what we are are moving you know, forward with and using this pace method is uh, is really also what we're going to be using and you're going to hear a lot more about it and we will be teaching inside of each of these pillars as we move, as we move forward um, on the podcast on YouTube. I've been doing a lot of whiteboard videos lately on on uh, YouTube. Definitely check out the YouTube channel, um, the amazing seller tv.com that'll take you right there. Subscribe if you want visuals of this. I will be drawing stuff out on the whiteboard. Um, I've already done a lot of list building stuff there so you can find that there. Um, but this stuff is all important to me and it's uh i know it's important to uh to uh, brands that want to go out there and they do want to last and, and and really build something that they can be proud of um so chris what do you want to wrap up with before we sign off here today i think the the last thing scott and i think the other thing that's funny about this this little uh pace thing that we've been <laughs> talking about is you know you and i have always said that this is not a sprint this is a marathon mm. right we don't we're not going to build a million dollar business overnight. It just doesn't happen. Right. And if you think it does, you really need to dig into that business a little bit more because chances are they've been doing all of this stuff behind the scenes. Um, and But the thing that's kind of interesting about this, this little saying that we have is that it really is what we're doing, right? We're keeping on pace. We're trying to set a cadence, if you will, or a, a, a rhythm mm-hmm. to the stuff that we're doing. And in doing that, we're able to scale all four of these pillars to a place that that we're comfortable, whether that's, you know, a lifestyle business, whether that's uh, a large exit, whatever that is for us. Right. Doing these four things, having these four pillars in place are what's going to make whatever your brand's big why is possible for you. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So guys, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the link one more time for the list building workshop because I think that's a great place to start, especially because that does talk about your attention and it talks about the cultivation. Um, And I think that's really important to at least understand that because a lot of people get stuck there. Um, So I would definitely recommend checking that out. And that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. And you can check that out. Like I said, totally free. And it'll walk you through how to identify the market, how to get attention, and then what to really deliver to those people. So this way here, you can eventually lead to a sale. And in the future, we will be doing more uh, more content on all four of these pillars, the pace method, as we're calling it. So um, definitely check out the show notes as well, because all of this will be linked there inside of this episode, theamazingseller.com forward slash 542. And you can get all of that there. So Chris, I think we're going to wrap this up. Are you ready to wrap it up? 
Let's do it. All right, guys, as always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Chris is going to say it with me on the count of three today. You ready, Chris? Let's do it. One, two, three. Take Take action. action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.